بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة العنكبوت سورة العنكبوت is also a مكي سورة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام ميم حروف مقطعات أحسب الناس Do the people think أن يتركوه That they will be left أن يقولوا To simply say آمنا We believe وهم لا يفتنون And they will not be tried People think wrong They should not think like this ألف لام ميم حروف مقطعات Generally in the Quran When حروف مقطعات come at the beginning of a surah The ayah that follows Is about the Quran Like for example Qaf والقرآن المجيد The glorious Quran Yaseen والقرآن الحكيم The wise Quran Alif Lam Mim ذلك الكتاب لا ريب This is a book in which there is no doubt But over here What is mentioned is The result of believing in the Quran The result of bringing Quran into your life And what is that result? Difficulty What is that result? Hardship What is that result? Fitna Allah says أَحَسِبَ nasu. Do the people think ah, ah, This is istifham A question, an interrogation And this is for the purpose of inkar For rejection or for tawbiq For reproach But how could you think like this? Why do you think like that? You should not think like this أَحَسِبَ nasu. Do the people think And the word hasiba is from hasin ba. And hasiba means to count, to think, to reckon something, to be so, to suppose. So do they think, do they suppose, and yutraku, that they will be left, and yakulu, to say, amanna, we believe. Do they think that they will be left to say, we believe, and then life will be a breeze? وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ And then they will not be tried. Then they will not experience fitna in their lives. They think wrong. They shouldn't think like this. Because when a person says, آمَنَّا Then what does it mean? That immediately a person will be tested. Immediately there will be fitna, there will be hardship in his or her life. What is fitna? Fitna, fatanun, is basically al-imtihan bishada'id al-takalif. It is a test, an examination with severe difficulties and hardships. Meaning it's not an easy test, it's not an easy exam, it's not an easy trial. It comes with a whole lot of problems, it comes with a whole lot of pain, with a whole lot of difficulty. And this fitna over here, this will be a result of what? Of iman. You see, iman is not just a statement that is uttered. Iman, having faith to be a believer, doesn't mean to simply pronounce iman, to simply pronounce the shahada, to simply say, I believe. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Saying that I believe is a component of iman. There are other parts of Iman also. What are they? What of the components of Iman is the belief that a person holds in his heart. The actions that a person performs in their heart. Like having hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being patient for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the components of Iman is also the words that a person utters. Part of them is the shahada. 
of the components of iman is also the actions that a person performs. Like for instance, salah. Like for instance, wearing the hijab. Now if iman was just about saying I believe, then yes, life would be very easy. Right? Because you just say, I believe, I love God. Right? Simple. That's it. And then you do whatever you want. If people tell you to do something, you do it. If they oppose you in something, you leave it. If people support you in something, you do it. If people make something difficult for you, you leave it. But that's not what iman is about. Iman is about changing your life. Iman is about doing those actions which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to do. Leaving those actions that Allah does not want you to do. And when a person will bring such a change in their life, then what will they face? What will this person face in his life? Difficulties, fitna. What kind of fitna? Internal and external. A person will have to fight himself and a person will also have to face people. Internal. Like for example, a person has to battle himself in order to get up for salah. A person has to overcome himself in order to convince oneself to speak the truth. Right? A person has to force themselves to sit down after salah and do the adhkar. Isn't it? You have to face, deal with internal challenges. Your own desire, your own hara, your own nafs is such a big hurdle. It's such a big fitna. And then there's also external obstacles on this path. Like for example, the criticism of people. Their lack of support. And not just lack of support, their opposition. Very overt opposition. So, أَحَسِبَ النَّاسُ أَن يُتْرَكُوا أَن يَقُولُوا آمَنَّا وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ When a person will believe, he will certainly be tested. So over here, our thinking is being corrected. That you think iman is that simple? Just say you believe? خلاص? It's enough to say لا إله إلا الله? No. No way. This life is a test. And every believer, every person who believes, man or woman, young or old, teenager or whoever, going to school or going to work, single or married, being having children or being childless, whatever, whoever we are, when there is iman, there will be tests and trials in one's life. The Prophet ﷺ was asked that who is tested most severely? And he replied, the prophets. And then the righteous. And then the next best. A person is tested according to the level of his faith. A person is tested how? According to the level of his faith. Because this is Allah's sunnah. This is Allah's way. That He tests His beloved servants. Why? What's the reason? To see who is really true in His iman. Who is really true? Who is just saying, I believe, and who really means it from his heart? Who has iman just you know, on his mouth, and who has iman deeply anchored, deeply rooted in his heart? These tests are for exposure. Exposure before who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also so that we know ourselves. Sometimes believers are tested so that their ranks are elevated. And also for their growth. Because if you think about it, if we don't face challenges in life, how would we grow? Why would we grow? You know, when things become too easy, then you have to go to the next level. Isn't it? You must go on to the next level. 
Like for example, if you say that I'm really good at grade 8 math. You know, so I'm just good here. I don't want to do math in high school. خلاص, I just want to stop here. No, you have to do it. You have to do it. Right? When something becomes too easy for you, that means you have to rise to the next level. And when you rise to the next level, is it going to be easy? No, it's not. It is going to be challenging. But if those tests, if those difficulties don't come in your life, how would you grow? How would you improve? How would you increase? So Allah allows believers to suffer from great afflictions. Why? Because without these afflictions, how would they grow spiritually? How would they grow in their strength? And how would they grow in their numbers even? How would they? Because if you think about it, if the Muslims did not face so much opposition in Mecca, do you think the news would spread everywhere? Would it spread everywhere? No. So many people who came into Mecca to perform Hajj, what would happen? The mushrikeen would warn them. Don't listen to this man. Don't listen to this man. And one of the people who came into Mecca, he said, yes, I'm not going to listen to this man. And then he thought to himself, he said, well, I'm a doctor. Let me go help this man. So he went to help the Prophet ﷺ and he was in fact helped. Right? So he believed. So it was the propaganda that brought him to Islam. It was the, the fitna that the Muslims were experiencing that brought so many people to Islam. So when believers are tested, there is khair in that. It's not because Allah has abandoned us. It's not because Allah has hated us. No. When a person has iman, this is something that is a sign that Allah loves this person. Because in a hadith we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives worldly riches, worldly things to everybody. Those whom He likes and also those whom He does not like. But Allah gives iman to only those whom He likes. Iman, having iman is a sign that Allah loves a person. And after that iman, there will be trials, there will be difficulties. And we see this in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. Ibn Mas'ud anhu said that the first people to publicize their Islam were seven. It was obviously the Prophet ﷺ, then Abu Bakr anhu, then Ammar anhu, then his mother Sumayya, then Suhaib, Bilal, and Miqdad. As for the Prophet ﷺ, he said Allah protected him through his uncle Abu Talib. So the people couldn't really harm the Prophet ﷺ. As for Abu Bakr, Allah protected him through his tribe. So again, people couldn't really harm Abu Bakr ﷺ. But as for the rest of them, the mushrikun caught them. And they clothed them with coats of iron and left them in the sun to burn. You see, Imagine if a person has iron next to their body, in the heat, what would happen to that iron, to that metal? It would become extremely hot. They forced them to wear such coats, and then they would leave them in the sun to burn. Then there was none among them, except that he said to them what they wanted him to say. Why? Just to get out of that uh, torture. And obviously when they said it, they didn't mean it from their hearts. They just said it in order to get out of that torture. Except for Bilal. For indeed, he considered himself very insignificant for Allah. He considered himself very insignificant for Allah. Meaning he didn't even think his life had much value. That if he suffered, if he died in the way of Allah, Allah is worthy of that. 
He believed that Allah was worthy of that. And he was considered insignificant by his people even. He was considered insignificant by his people. Meaning people did not give much honor to him anyway. Because Bilal anhu, after all, who was he? A slave. So they gave him to youths who dragged him in the streets of Makkah. Imagine, tied up from his neck or from his feet and being dragged in the streets of Makkah. And Bilal would only say, Ahad, 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 Ahad. You see, the fact is that when a person believes, he is binding himself in a transaction with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because what does he want? Jannah. And the way to Jannah is surrounded with difficulties, with hardships. Therefore, in order to reach Jannah, one has to go through tests. A person has to go through difficulties. So over here, this misconception is being clarified. That don't assume that because of your iman, life will become easy. Isn't that what we generally think? Isn't that what we generally think? That, oh, I prayed my isha really well last night. So you know what? Today when I have my exam, it should be so easy. It should be so easy. Right? We expect ease, comforts in this life because of the good that we're doing. Whereas this ayah is teaching us that when you have iman, you will be tested. وَلَقَدْ And certainly, فَتَنَّا We tested الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Those before them. People before us, because of their iman, they were tested. عُذِّبُوا وَأُوذُوا وَضُرِبُوا They were hurt. They were tortured. They were beaten. So Allah will certainly know فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهِ Allah will certainly know الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا Those who were truthful وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَاذِبِينَ And certainly, surely, Allah will also know those who are liars. So what's the message of this ayah? That no believer of any era or any place shall be spared from trials. No believer at any time, whether they lived at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, or they lived at the time of Fir'aun, or they lived before Fir'aun, or they lived in the 19th century, or they lived in the 20th century, or they live in the 21st century, or they will live in the 25th century. No era, no place. It doesn't matter what time we are living in, it doesn't matter what place we are living in. It's our iman. When we will have faith, when we will believe, then tests will become a part of our lives. Why? Because it's very easy to say, I believe. It's very easy to make big claims. I love you for the sake of Allah. It's very easy to say things like that. But to prove it, to live it, is what matters. Jannah is not attained by lip service. It is attained by action. Sincerity. Which is why we see that there was a person who believed at the time of battle of Khaybar, a slave. He believed. And when he came to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Ya Rasulullah, should I embrace Islam first or should I just join the battle? Defending the Muslims. And the Prophet ﷺ said, embrace Islam first. So he accepted Islam. And then he put his life in danger. Such a big thing he did. He fought. And you know what? He actually died in that battle. 
And the Prophet ﷺ praised him. That he's done very little, apparently. Not even a single salah he performed. Right? But it's taken him so far. What is it that mattered? It was his faith. It was his sincerity. So, وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Allah will certainly test everybody. فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ الصَّدَقُوا وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَاذِبِينَ This is the reason for tests and trials. What is the reason? That Allah is going to distinguish the truthful ones from the liars. Doesn't Allah already know? Who is truthful in their claim, I believe, and who is lying, who is faking it? Doesn't Allah already know? Allah knows. Then what does He mean by this? فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ this ilm, this knowledge is of mushahada, of observation, that Allah will observe. And it's also of zuhur, that Allah will make evident. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fair. He knows the reality of people, but He tests them, and He sees what they do, because that is His justice. That is His justice. This is just like, if you go to school, right? you enroll yourself in a course, and you're basically skipping classes, you don't get your readings done, and when it comes to tests, you don't have a very you know, positive attitude over there. Would it be fair for the professor to just fail you? Would it be fair? Yes. No, I don't think so. If a professor did that with you in university, what would you do? This is wrong. It's my right to write the exam. You should base my results on my exam, not on my attendance. Unless there is a mark for attendance. Right? So even though the professor knows that this student is going to fail, or this student is going to ace the exam, does he give the marks before the actual exam? When does he give the marks? When? When everyone gets a chance to write the exam. Allah already knows what each person is going to do. But Allah puts people in tests. So that it is made evident what the reality of people is. And in this ayah, Allah is teaching us that Allah has always tested people. This is a fact. So if you want Jannah, you prove that you want Jannah. Look at the example of Ibrahim a.s. Ibrahim a.s. was thrown in the fire. Asiya, the wife of Fir'aun, her hands and feet were nailed with pegs. The people who believed in you know, the Lord of the boy, remember the story of the boy and the king? Hmm? That this boy, basically he was appointed by the king to learn magic. And instead, he believed in Allah. What happened? The king got really upset because people started believing in whatever this boy was telling them. So the king wanted to kill the boy. And he made several attempts. This is a hadith reported in Muslim. He made several attempts to kill the boy, but he wasn't able to. So the boy said that you cannot kill me unless you say Bismillah. So what you can do is gather everybody in one place, okay? Tie me up somewhere and shoot an arrow towards me, but say Bismillah in the name of Allah, the Lord of this boy. So what happened? The king said, "Okay, fine, I'll do that to get rid of you." So he did it, and the boy actually got killed, and everybody believed in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Everybody believed in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So the king got so angry that he had. Ditches dug, ditches, and he filled them with fuel, with fire. And anyone who said, I believe in the Lord of the boy, was thrown into that ditch. And this is mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Buruj, Ashab Al-Ukhdud, they were thrown in the fire, ditches of fire. 
The Prophet ﷺ left Mecca because his life was in danger. Bilal was dragged through the streets of Mecca. This is something that is a part of a believer's life. He, she will be tested. The Sahaba, Khabab anhu, he went to the Prophet ﷺ once, and this was in Mecca before the Hijrah. And he said that we complained to the Prophet ﷺ while he was sitting in the shade of the Kaaba leaning over his burd. And we said to him, Ya Rasulullah, will you not pray for us? We are being tortured. And remember Khabab who was tortured very severely. I mentioned to you a story earlier. That how? Because he was also a slave. Right? And the woman who owned him, how she you know, would heat rods of iron and would brand his back with it. And he had such marks on his back and on his stomach that people couldn't even look at it. So this is Khabbab who coming to the Prophet I'm saying, won't you pray for us? Look at the situation that we're in. How much are we supposed to suffer? The Prophet said, among the nations before you, a believing man would be put in a ditch. And a saw would be put over his head. And he would be cut into two pieces. Yet that torture would not make him give up his religion. His body would be combed with iron combs that would remove his flesh from the bones and nerves. Yet that would not make him abandon his religion. So it doesn't matter whether somebody lived thousands of years ago or they're living today. We think our life is more difficult as Muslims. What we are suffering from, the petty trials, you know, the small difficulties that we suffer from in the way of Allah are nothing compared to the hardships that people had to suffer before us. Our hardship is what? That we have to walk to, you know, the masjid to, to learn Quran as opposed to drive. And my legs are hurting. And I get really tired. This is our hardship. And we complain about that. So remember, before victory will be hardship. Before success will be suffering. Before achievement, there will be sacrifice. Fitna is a prerequisite to success. It's a prerequisite. Without fitna, without hardship, without suffering, there is no success. Because the thing is that life is difficult for everybody. Isn't it? It's difficult for everybody. Even people who don't believe in Allah, they suffer. Even people who reject the very existence of God, even they suffer from physical disabilities and physical conditions. It's well known, it's understood. Life is all about trials. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah 155, That we will certainly test you. And this includes everybody. All types of tests. But especially the believer is tested. In Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 142, Allah says, Am hasibtum an tadkhulul jannata? Did you think that you'll enter Jannah? Just like that? Walamma ya'lam illahu alladina jahadu minkum? In Surah Muhammad, Ayah 31, Allah says, Walanabluwannakum, we will test you, hatta na'lam al mujahideena minkum wa sabirin, wanabluwa akhbarakum. We will test you until the patient are distinguished from the rest. The mujahideen, those who strive in Allah's way, are distinguished from the rest. The Prophet ﷺ said, the example of a believer is that of a standing crop, which air, or rather the wind, continues to toss from one side to another. And you know what? The wind doesn't have to be very fast. 
to blow crop from one side to the other. In the same way, a believer always receives the strokes of misfortune. You know when you look out the window, you see a tree, right? And you see how the branches are just constantly moving, moving, moving. Doesn't matter whether it's morning or afternoon or nighttime. Doesn't matter. It's always being moved by the wind. This is how a believer is. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ خُلِقَ مُفَتَّنًا تَوَّابًا نَسَّاءً A believer has been created such that he will be put in many trials. مُفَتَّنًا He will be put in many, many trials. Many trials. This is a fact. But we think so differently. You know, we wonder at times that if so-and-so is really following the Qur'an, then how come her life is so difficult? How come? If so-and-so is, you know, the imam, if so-and-so is a hafil, then how come there's problems in their marriage? Or how come their children are sick? Or how come there's this condition they're suffering from and that condition they're suffering from? You know, we think that the more holy a person is, the more perfect his life should be. How does this ayah teach us? These ahadith, what do they teach us? That no, hardship will be there. In fact, it might be even more. And every believer, his tests are unique to him. Some believers are tested through physical ailments, physical pain. You know, for example, as individuals, we might think that, oh, I have to try the hardest to study this course. Because I work five days a week, I only have two days off. And basically I'm out of the house seven days a week. You know, we might think like that. I have no break at all. Whereas there could be another person who is studying five days a week. Right? And there could be another person who is doing something else five days a week and then they're coming on the week. And there's another person who is suffering from some physical condition, chronic back pain or knee issue or something else or another person who's suffering from an even greater problem in their family life Everyone has their own set of trials. Their own set of difficulties and tests. Some people are tested through their families. And you know sometimes the whining of children? You know, or for example, the rudeness of family members or their lack of support? Even that is a test. You know when you're leaving in the morning, you're scared. There might be a reaction, there might be a reaction, somebody might get upset, somebody might get upset. And then when you get home, you're like, everything okay? It's like you're walking on eggshells. Literally. So this is also a test. It doesn't mean that you should stop what you're doing. It means keep checking your intention, keep checking your behavior, keep fulfilling your obligations, and keep going. There is fitna, there is test. Allah says, أَمْ حَسِبَ Or did he think? Who? الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السَّيِّئَاتِ Those who do evil deeds. أَنْ يَسْبِقُونَ That they will outrun us, they will get ahead of us. يَسْبِقُونَ from sabaqa To get ahead. Those who do evil deeds, do they think that they can outrun us? سَاءَ مَا يَحْكُمُونَ Evil is what they judge. Those who persecute the believers, because while the believers are suffering from fitan, there's the other group of people who are imposing those difficulties upon them. Right? So for example, Bilal was suffering, 
And then there were people who were torturing him. Right? So people who were torturing, now the criminals are being mentioned. That those who do evil deeds, what are their sayyat? Persecution of the believers. Do they think that they can get away? That they can run away? That they can go on abusing the believers and we will not seize them? We cannot punish them? Bad judgment. Because certainly we can seize them. And we will. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives respite to the wrongdoer and eventually seizes him. Fir'aun oppressed the Bani Israel for years. But eventually he was drowned. People of Nuh alayhi salam harassed Nuh alayhi salam for years. Eventually they were drowned. Qarun showed off. And he was arrogant for a very long time. And eventually he was swallowed by the earth. Abu Jahl was killed. Abu Lahab died a horrible death. Any enemy of Islam, any enemy of Allah, just go through, go through the list. Just think about the list. And you will see that every single person who opposed Allah, every single person who hurt the believers, his end was not pretty. He was eventually seized. And even if you think about it in general terms, right, when you study history, you always come across people who were very oppressive, you know, dictators or very oppressive rulers. And what happened eventually? Are they still ruling? No. No, they're not. What happened? Eventually they met their end. Eventually they died. Eventually they lost all their power. And who are they? Faqir. Now how are they? Empty-handed. Just like Qarun, what they had did not avail them. And also, this ayah is understood in another way. There's another interpretation of this ayah. That, أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ سَيِّئَاتٍ أَنْ يَسْبِقُونَ Those who are committing sins, do they think that they can outrun us? No, sins have consequences. If a person has committed a sin, if a person has disobeyed his Lord and he has not repented, he can never escape Allah's grip. Never. Eventually, the person will be caught for the sin that he has committed. And sometimes the consequences of these sins is in the form of difficulties in life. Remember that tests are always for a reason. Right? And they're also for the purpose of purification. One of the reasons is purification. And sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us in tests. Why? He puts us in hardship. Why? So that we realize our sins. So that we turn to Him in repentance. So sometimes the difficulties, the trials that we're facing is because of what? Because of what? Our own sayyat. Like for example, the Prophet ﷺ said, there is no sin more fitted in addition to the punishment that is in the hereafter except for two sins. Okay, meaning these two sins are such that a person is punished for them even in this life. What are those sins? Oppression, and and severing ties of relationship. Now imagine, if a person has severed their blood ties with one of their relatives, and they think, I'm reciting so much Qur'an, you know, I don't talk to my relatives, I don't care about them at all, because they waste my time. And I'm using all my time for the deen of Allah. And then what happens? the deen of Allah becomes difficult for us. Well, that difficulty could very well be because of our attitude with our relatives. You understand? You know, sometimes we wonder, why is it that my parents are not supporting me in my decision to wear hijab? Or in my decision to wear abaya? 
because they're fed up with your attitude. I'm sorry to say that, but this is a reality. They're fed up with our stubbornness, with our rudeness. They cannot handle our arrogant attitude in the house that constantly we're looking down on them. They're sick of it. And they think that getting you in control means forcing you to take off your hijab. And that is what they said as a condition. Now, if you want to be an obedient child, take that off. But you see why we were put into this fitna? Because of our bad attitude in the first place. Anytime, you know, somebody comes to me with a problem like that, I always tell them, instead of thinking about your hijab, asking me whether you should take it off or keep it on, work on your relationship with your parents. Be good to them, be good to your husband, be good to your relatives, don't answer back, don't be rude, and then see if they support you or not. Then see if they support you or not. So the problem is, really our own misdeeds. You know, once Umar anhu he made dua, he prayed istisqa, prayer for rain, and he said, Allahumma innahu lam yanzil bala illa bidhambin. Oh Allah, no trial comes except because of a sin. Meaning, a trial comes only because of a sin. وَلَمْ يُكْشَفْ إِلَّا بِتَوْبَةٍ And it is not removed except with repentance. This is why Hassan al-Basri, he said to the Muslims when they were suffering at the hands of Hajjaj bin Yusuf, that fight Hajjaj bin Yusuf not with your swords, but with your istighfar. If you want to fight him, if you want to defeat him, this oppressor, then raising your swords, raising your weapons is not going to help you. Because he's got more than you. What you need to do is seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hajjaj has been imposed on you because of your actions, because of your sins. So never think that our sins are not going to have consequences. Our disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to affect us. It's definitely going to affect us. This doesn't mean that every difficulty is always because of our sins. No. What this means is that a time of difficulty, especially when it's coming in the way of deen, then look to yourself. Find your mistakes. Admit them before Allah. Say, يَعْتَرَفْتُ بِذَنْبِ Oh Allah, I acknowledge my sin. I know how I am with my parents. I know I do not give them their haqq. I know I confess them. I admit them. You help me. Forgive me for my shortcomings and you give me the strength to respect my parents, to deal with them properly. Because unless and until we deal with the root problem, the surface problems are not going to go away. It's the root problem that needs to be dealt with. You see, Yunus what did he say? La ilaha illa anta subhanaka. You are perfect Allah, you are just and you are fair. I am at fault. I am wrong. If I am suffering from this problem, it's my fault. So you forgive me for my sin. I am acknowledging them before you. Let's listen to the recitation. أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السَّيِّئَاتِ أَنْ يَسْبِقُونَا سَاءَ مَا يَحْكُمُونَ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام 